I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two, two Films, Too Curious. Curious. Where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. Yes, we are. This week, we watched two movies that are both sequels, mm-hmm. middle parts of a trilogy. Yes. Star Wars Episode Five, Empire Strikes Back, and... Lord of the Rings Episode Two, The Two, the two Towers. Towers. Yes. Is it Episode Two or is it Episode Five as well? You mean in the books, it's technically book three and four. Right. Because well, each yes. one's two books. I just mean that we've got... They, there's a prequel trilogy for The Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Maybe it is episode five I'm so five excited now. for the sequel trilogy. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it's going to be. But I'm excited for it. I mean, so you have there's stuff that came that is in like the unfinished text about Aragorn's yeah. children and stuff. So I guess that's fair. There's our sequel trilogy. Before we summarize and all of that nonsense... Uh, clerical things. Thing one, thank you to our patrons on Patreon. Uh, Nick and Chris, co-tagonists Nick and Chris, patrons one and two, as well as two films, three curious alum, Brenda, also the host of What Do You Do, MCU, which uh, this shows up on our special features. If you haven't listened to our special features, and I know some of you haven't, because the numbers are low <laughs> on the last one, feel free to go back an episode. Please, God. Then... <laughs> go back. And listen to that one, and then come back and listen to it. We're going to make references. No, we're not. That's absolutely not what we're going to do. Anyways. Uh, also, Tyler, tell us what we're drinking today. Today we are drinking Palomas. What is a Paloma? It is tequila, lime juice, squirt, and a little bit of salt. And I forgot to put salt in ours, I'm realizing now. You know, it's still good. Oh, it's still good, yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh... Two Films, Three Curious alum, The Other Bill, is a big fan of Palomas as well. So is... I don't even know if he's a co-tagonist, Nick. He Mike so. is not a co-tagonist. He is a person that we make fun of on the podcast sometimes. <laughs> uh, for evidence of that, uh, feel free a to listen to... A low-tagonist. A no-tagonist. <laughs> I think that's just antagonist. <laughs> I think there's already a word for that. Anyways. <clears throat> anyways. Um... Let's talk about, I guess, really quickly, uh, trilogies and middle parts of trilogies. I don't really have anything that we need to define. Everybody knows what a trilogy is, mm-hmm. middle part. Mm-hmm. But one of the goals that we had with this was uh, we wanted to find two trilogies where the movies are pretty tight together. So we're yeah. not picking like Mad Max 1, 2, and 3, which really, the Mad Max series is, is more of like four anthology movies. They're not direct yeah. sequels as so much as they are. Like the next story in this world, uh, so what we wanted to do, what our goal was, we wanted to see the ways that if we watch just the middle movie, what what we feel like we missed, what what they do mm-hmm. well to tie mm-hmm. into the the beginning and the end, how they can make a whole story arc and still be the sort of almost climax of the story, the rising action still of the of yeah, the just trilogy. not quite. So. Uh, so yeah, that's why we picked Empire Strikes Back. And they're like, and they're like the, the two rings. big cinema trilogies. Right, let's be real. Like, the reason why we picked them is because we fucking love these <laughs> movies and we didn't have an excuse to do either of them until now. Like, I can't think of another trilogy that has the impact that both of these... I mean, I mean I'm not going to discount the prequel trilogy <laughs> and the sequels <laughs> for Star Wars or anything, but right. like... But as even the, intellectual properties, Yeah. but specifically these trilogies from them. For sure, for sure. Like, I think that there are other... I think that the Harry Potter film intellectual property is similarly impacting. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's not a trilogy. Not a trilogy, yeah. And so that wouldn't have worked either. Plus, we already did Harry Potter last time. And I'm not going to watch Chamber of Secrets unless I have to. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> let me then jump right in and summarize Empire Strikes Back. Okay. The Crawl. The Empire... <laughs> oh, let me back it up. Star Wars... Okay, in 1977, George Lucas... In, no. Anyways, Empire Strikes Back is part five of the Star Wars series. Uh, it starts with the Rebellion uh, sort of retreating after their victory, but they, don't have the, they didn't have the ability to do another attack. They are hiding on the snow planet Hoth. Uh, some nonsense happens where Luke gets attacked by a wampa. It is not very important to the story. It was because Luke got a scar in between four and five. I need to explain how. So, 
That was not a fun fact that I have written down, so that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> I just realized you've got fun facts written down, so I gotta not be me. I need to be a real person and talk about Star Wars. Anyways, uh, the Empire has sent out all of these probe droids to try and find out where the Rebellion is. One of them lands on Hoth, finds the Rebel base, and informs the Empire. Darth Vader finds out that one of the Admirals is like, that's not fucking the Rebels, and he kills the Admiral because Darth Vader ain't taking no shit this time. And he, the Force, he knows. Oh, yeah. Now that he's looking in that, pl- in that direction, he's like, huh. He's, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm on it. So he takes his Super Star Destroyer, as well as another fleet of regular-ass Star Destroyers, to the ice planet Hoth. They prepare a landing party, launch down to the planet, and so the Empire, or I mean the Rebels, who got a pretty good uh, head start, decide that they need to evacuate the Hoth base. Uh, as the ground forces from the Empire destroy the Hoth base. Uh, everybody, for the most part, gets off fine, um, although Han had taken apart the hyperdrive for the Millennium Falcon, which gave it some trouble. Luke got I know that he had taken it apart. Eh, he was fixing it. He was, yeah. doing, he was doing, like, repairs but and stuff. And in so the middle of it, when it... Yeah. Right. So okay. that's, that's why the hyperdrive wasn't working. It was one of the things that he was working on uh, when Chewie was there, and he's like, go talk yeah. to somebody yeah. else. Uh so, but uh, Luke goes off in another direction because he had a Force Ghost vision from Obi-Wan who said that you need to go to Yoda and train with him on Dagobah. Luke goes to Dagobah. Han and Leia and the Millennium Falcon are trying to avoid the Empire who's now coming after them. So, Han and Leia uh, take the Millennium Falcon into an asteroid field. They uh, almost get swallowed. By, they're being pursued by the Empire. They almost get swallowed by an interga- interstellar gargantuan space worm. Uh, it sounds like a metal out. album by It's a metal Gojira. song by oh. Hoth. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. I love that song. Check out Hoth. They're on Spotify. It's a symphonic black metal about Star Wars. It's wonderful. They've got two full albums and a third one on the way, I think. Anyways. Um, they don't have 200,000 with a million more while on the way? <laughs> a million more while on the way. No, they don't. Anyways. Uh, they get out of the asteroid field by attaching themselves to the back of star destroyer when the star destroyer dumps the garbage they sort of float off and go to cloud city but it's your explanation oh, well yes anyways but the bounty hunters that the empire hired boba fett sees the lane of falcon he's doing smart. This, he's a smart and guy he finds out the trajectory that they're headed to cloud city a planet that has lando one of han's acquaintances and he hyperdrives there boba fett does so eventually han and leia get to cloud city Lando's like, oh, hey, yeah, come on in. I'll get them to fix the thing. They're hanging out. C-3PO uh, falls behind because he's a fucking idiot and gets blown up. And they find him. They have to put him back together. And Lando's like, I'm so sorry that happened. Anyways, come to dinner with me. They go to dinner. Doors open up. Who's there? Darth Vader. Han Solo, badass.com, pulls out his gun and shoots at Darth Vader because that's going to work. Blocks it right away. So cool. Anyways... Uh, they torture Han Solo. They're just torturing everybody. Uh, Darth Vader has a plan. Boba Fett's like, he's no good to be dead. And so he's like, all right, well, we got to do this thing anyways. And he puts Han Solo in carbonite freeze, which is usually not meant for storing uh, alive, people. alive people. But it's supposed to be in stasis. And so they do it, and he's fine. And while that's happening, Luke is on Dagobah. He lands on Dagobah knowing that he's supposed to be looking for this great Jedi warrior. And he finds this Grover-looking, green-eared fuck who's like... Mixed between Grover and Oscar the Grouch. Right. He's just being all silly, like, poking, like, bugging stuff and trying to eat Luke's food. And Luke's like, I'm not... Leave me alone. I'm looking for a great warrior named... A great Jedi warrior. And he's like, oh, you're looking for Yoda. He's like, you know him? And he's like, yeah, wars not make one great. Of course I know him. He's me. (laughs) Anyways, he's like, yeah, I'll show you where Yoda is. And he takes him back to his house... And they're eating some stew. And Luke's like, I don't have time for this shit. And then Yoda is like, he's too impatient. I can't train him. And then the voice of Obi-Wan is like, so was I, if you remember. And then, so Yoda's like, all right, fine, I'll train you. And they're doing they're doing run and jump and flipping and shit. Swinging from a hairy vine. Right. And then uh, they're sitting there after a little bit like Luke's catching his breath again and he hears some nonsense going on in a cave and he's like evil, what's in there evil cave right and Yoda's like there's some shit in there and he goes to he's like 
what or he's like what what's in there? And he's like only what you take with you. And he goes to grab his his weapons, and Yoda's like, "Your weapons, you won't need those." And Luke's like, "What the fuck do you know? You just live here." Oh, so, so do you think he weapons. would have encountered something different if he didn't bring his weapons? Oh, for sure. He probably would have encountered the same thing, but Darth Vader wouldn't have drawn his lightsaber if Luke did, hadn't have brought one. Anyways, they go down there, hmm. and from around the corner, Darth fucking Vader shows up on Dagobah. I thought he was in Cloud drawn, City. <laughs> right, lightsaber drawn. Luke draws his lightsaber. Two hits with a lightsaber. Luke, boom, beats the shit out of Darth Vader. Words so easy. Head falls off onto the floor, and his mask explodes... <laughs> Luke's face is behind it. He comes out of the cave and Yoda's like, you fucking failed, loser. <laughs> they do more runs and jumps and flips and while that's happening, Luke's X-Wing, which he stupidly landed in a swamp, he crash landed, sinks further into the swamp and he's like, oh, fuck. And Yoda's like, you can get it out. Like, you've got the force. You've been doing this. And he tries and he's like, I can't. It's too big. And Yoda's like, okay. Fucking that's what she this. said also. And he <laughs> gets it out and lands it and he's like... Size matters not, and Luke's like, I don't believe it, and Yoda's like, that's why you fail. While this is happening, he's doing a little bit more training, and he has this, like, he has this disturbance in the force of Han and Leia being tortured, and he's like, I gotta go help my friends, and Yoda's like, you don't gotta go help your friends, you're being clouded by the dark side, you need to stay here and finish your training, you can't, that's a dangerous thing to do. And he's like, they're my friends, I gotta help them. So he gets in the X-Wing and he flies away. Sorry, to Cloud City. He shows up. All of that other stuff has already happened with Darth Vader and Hanalea. He gets in there, and uh, Boba Fett has already taken Han Solo away. Lando's like, I'm going to take Leia and Chewbacca, and we'll put him, I'll, you know, keep him imp- imprisoned here. And when they walk away... He's, he's really trying to right. kind of cover his ass. Right, when they walk away, him. like Chewie starts choking out Lando. And he's like, no, we can save Han. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And they're like, all right, fine. And so he like... He's like does the thing, gets his cyborg friend Lobot, who is Sleeper the Greatest, uh, and he's like, alright, evacuate Cloud City, uh, Empire's taken over, get the fuck out of Dodge. He goes to the landing platform where they got Han Solo, and as they're going there, they pass Luke, and Leia's like, Luke, it's a trap! And Luke's like, I gotta do it, though. Anyways, they get to where the landing platform where Han is, and he already, Boba Fett's already flown away, and so... Chewie and uh, Leia and Chewbacca and R2-D2 and C-3PO all get in the Millennium Falcon. They're going to go fly away. And hyperdrive still not fixed. Fucking A. So, while that's happening... Lando, you dog. Lando, you dummy. Anyways, Luke finds Darth Vader. And they're going at it. Luke is, like, trying to fight Darth Vader. He knows that Darth Vader's evil. He knows he's got to confront Darth Vader. Darth Vader's going to be fucking with him unless he takes care of it now. And Luke is going all out. Darth Vader is having no trouble. <laughs> he is playing with He Luke. gets surprised once or twice, but not once in a way twice, that it, would like... Right. In much the same way, like, if a kid, like, has been punching you and then, like, pinches once, and you're like, oh, oh, wow, <laughs> okay. And then you grab his hand and you're like, no, kid, let's stop. And you just fling him out of a window. Right. And, and then you... Crash him with a box. Anyways, so uh, Luke and Darth Vader are fighting. And they're out on this, like, Luke's out on this, like, antenna inside of this the thing that is Cloud City. It's a really weird structure and very cool. And he's out there, and they're fighting, and Luke keeps backing up, and he's on the edge of the thing. And he they do a, a move, and Darth Vader cuts off Luke's Pirouette. hand. Cuts off his hand, is the hand that the lightsaber was in. And he's got it, he's holding it now, and he, he's like backing up further on the antenna. And Darth Vader's like, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. <laughs> he told me you killed him. No. No. I am your father. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. No! <laughs> and then Luke falls into the pit because he's like, fuck it. I'm not going to go with Darth Vader. I'm just going to kill myself. And he goes in, but then he gets sucked into an air vent and he's fallen and he's fallen and he goes down, he's, it's like a slide and he dumps him right onto this antenna at the bottom of Cloud City. And he's trying to get back in and he can't, the door shuts and so he uses the force to call out to Leia. Millennium Falcon hasn't left yet. Hyperdrive's broke. She hears it and she's like, chew turn around. And he turns around, and they get under, and they pick him up, save him. and they save him, and in the original version, they fly away. In the remake, or I mean in the updated version, there's like 20 TIE Fighters going off there, and so they gotta get rid of the TIE Fighters. 
They get back into space. R2-D2's like, I know what they didn't do right because I was looking at the computer the whole time. And C-3PO's like, you're full of shit. And R2-D2 saves the day. They get the hyperdrive and they fly away. End of the movie, Luke's sitting there and they build him a robotic hand. And it, fit, it works well. They close the little hatch up and he stands there with Leia and he says a little thing to uh, Lando. They've got a plan. They're going to rescue Han Solo. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. That movie's fucking great. That movie is so good. Definitely top ten best Star Wars movie. Yeah. All right. Tell us about Lord of the Rings. So, we open on a snowy mountain. We do. We zoom in and we see a scene from the first movie. Gandalf is fighting the Balrog. Yep. Of Morgoth. What did you say? We already know, and I guess if you hadn't seen the first movie, you wouldn't know. Right. Gandalf loses his fight, he gets pulled down, except where that then cut off, and we followed Frodo, now we follow Gandalf, and he's fallen and beating the shit out of this Balrog. They're fighting Catapulting each other. Catapulting down the cliff. Grabs the sword. He grabs sword his sword, he's slicing him up, and then he, they get to the very, bo- very, 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 very bottom of, of Moria, which is a big lake, and they hit it, and Frodo wakes up because it was like a nightmare he had. Yeah. So we know that Frodo and Sam are on their own, and then we have Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are following the Urukai that kidnapped Merry and Pippin. Boom. There's our whole. There's our whole fellowship. Right. Gandalf's dead. Boromir's dead. Um. So I'll do. I'll kind of do what you did. We'll, yeah. So Sam and Frodo are trying to traverse this Immen wheel, this like impassable labyrinth of razor sharp rocks. Yeah. Because that they know that's kind of the way to Mordor, right. but Ultimately, except they it's, know it's like to a go maze, southwest, southwest, yeah. and east, and that's all they know. And they're so they're heading through. They're, they're lost. They can't figure it out. They know that something is following them. Eventually, they. I mean, Frodo's kind of figures out that it's Gollum. So they kind of lay a little trap. They capture Gollum. They tie him up, and Gollum's like, "Wait, wait, I'll if you." Yeah, you be nice to me. I'll be nice to you. That's how we'll do it. I will show you how to get to Mordor because I've been to Mordor before. They, right. they were torturing me in the first movie there. Yeah. And you're like, oh. So Sam's like, nah, I don't trust him. He's a conniving little shit. Frodo's like, nah, I trust him. Because He's our shit. <laughs> because Frodo has this connection with him in that they've both fought with the ring. The ring, yeah. Um, so Frodo lets him go. You, As you see, Gollum has two personalities. He has Gollum, that's the evil one, and Smeagol, which is just like this innocent little fun little guy. Slinker and was, stinker. Yep, who was a uh, hobbit yeah. at one point. But we don't find that out until the third movie, I suppose. Yeah. Frodo mentions well, it. Well, he says, bit. yeah. yeah. Uh, they end up, so sure enough, Go- Gollum leads them right through. And when we all, they end up in this, like, the dead marshes, this swamp, which is where the battle from the very first movie was occurring at the very, very beginning, where the elves and the men fought and then cut the ring off Sauron's hand. So they're all, it's kind of very mysterious. All the bodies in the in the the marsh have not decayed they all look pristine still which is all creepy Frodo kind of gets hypnotized and and falls in Gollum saves him which then he's like trust Gollum even more at that point Um, just because Gollum was closer than Sam was Sam was on his way to go save him too also Sam can't swim so what's he gonna do in the marsh yeah he wasn't gonna pull him through right Um, they kind of notice a ring wraith above them Frodo almost puts the ring on because the ring wraiths have the, the fuckery thing where they like have a little screech and whisper and he was going to put it on. Um, but they, you find out now they have these huge fucking dragons that they're riding on, which yep. are really cool. Very cool. Um, they make it Rates through there. Rings. They get to the Black Gate of Mordor, which is the front entrance, which obviously is not going to work as a way to get in. Are you just knocking the fucking door They for show them? up Dumbass. as all these evil men from the south are coming in. Because they're going to help Sauron. They obey Sauron. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sam and Frodo almost get discovered by them, but they have their cloaks from the first movie that kind of saves them. And then right as they're about to run in before the gate closes, Gollum's like, no, 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 that, that way will kill you. Do not go this... I know a secret way. And they're like, okay, well, why didn't you tell me about the secret way before? And he's like, you didn't ask. Yeah. Mm, suspicious, but okay, well, we'll suspicious, trust you. Suspicious, but also Gollum's kind of a weird dick. That That's some semantic thing he'd have an issue with. Yeah. So now we'll cut, because that's we're almost to where they're on the disc change. Almost. So now, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are following the orcs. They're trying to find Merry and Pippin, because they know they were captured alive. Merry and Pippin are 
struggling, but they're making do. They're, right. they're kind of looking for the opportunity to get away, but they know that I mean, you're surrounded by orcs. There's no way. Um, in the meantime, we see... We get introduced to the Rohirrim, to the country of Rohan. Yes. You have um, Theoden, who is the king of Rohan. And he is very old and decrepit. He has this little, like, like skeevy, conniving guy that this whispers into his ear. Yeah, yeah, very, very Peter Pettigrew. Um, except more snake iconography than rat iconography. Yeah. <laughs> um, his nephew, Eomir, finds that these they're being attacked from orcs that came from Saruman. Yeah. Saruman's betrayed them. We need to go to war with him. Uh, he brings us to Theoden, and Wormtongue's like, ah, uh, no, you're warmongering. Warmongering. We're kicking you out. Uh, Theoden signed this thing. You need to leave. Yeah. So Eomer leaves with all his homies. Eomer has a sister that stays behind, Eowyn, who Wormtongue is creepily interested in, um, but she knows that his words are poison and that he's a snake, so yeah. she just doesn't fuck with Shuts him. Shuts him right down. <clears throat> she even says to him, your words are poison, <laughs> you snake. <laughs> They go, <clears throat> Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli interact with Aomir. They, they kind of cross paths. Aomir's like, oh, you guys are looking for orcs? We killed all the orcs last night. They're yep. over there. Killed like, what everybody. About, okay, what about hobbits? And he's like, we killed everything that we saw. Yeah. So look for your friends, but I don't know if they'll be there. Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli show up, and they find this huge pile of burning orcs. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk about Tell the me, fun is facts. Is there a fun no, fact there? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there when we get to the fun facts. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they find Marine Pippin's belt, but then Aragorn, using his super tracking skills, finds out that they managed to get away and they fled into Fangorn Forest. Okay. So they go in pursuit. Marion Pippin, the night before, did manage to escape after the um, Rohirrim killed all the orcs. They make it into the forest. They encounter Treebeard, who saves him from another orc, but he's like... How do I know y'all aren't orcs? Also, he's a big be. ass tree, for those yeah. of you who don't know. Oh, yeah, he's he's a tree that's alive. Yeah. He it's like, how do I know you're not orcs? He brings them, he's like, I'm gonna bring you to the white wizard, and they're like, oh shit, that's Sauron. Yeah, he's evil. That. Yeah. He drops them off, that's where their story ends. Aragorn, Legolas, Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli are running up. They're like, there's something, Legolas is like, there's something else here. We need to be careful. The white wizard. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so they try to fight him, deflects all their attacks. Speaks in a real ominous, is it Gandalf or is it Saruman voice? And then, lo and behold, it's Gandalf. He tells his story. He beat the Balrog, but also died. And then he was brought back yeah. by the god of Lord of the Rings. Eru Iluvatar. Himself. Um, he, <clears throat> they all team up. They go to Rohan. They free Theoden from Saruman's spell that was like poisoning him and controlling him. And you find out he's not that old. No. He looked like he was 100, but really he's like... In his 50s. Yeah. Early 50s. Or really old looking 40s. Yeah. They kind of bring him up to speed. Saruman's attacking you. You need to do something. He's like, all right, we're going to go to Helm's Deep. It's this big castle, kind of hidden away. It's got a big wall. No one's ever gotten through it. We're just going to hole up there. Gandalf's like, that's not a great idea, but they decide to do it anyway. On their way to Helm's Deep, um, they're waylaid by these orc riders that Saruman had sent out. These orcs riding wargs. huge, huge wargs, huge wolves. Um, Aragorn gets kind of stuck with one and then they go off a cliff. So everyone's like, took a little tumble off the cliff. Everyone's like, oh shit, Aragorn's dead. I guess, like let's give me like, I guess we just got to see this through. Well, I guess we'll keep going with the Rohirrim. Yeah. They make it to Helm's Deep. Aragorn shows up and he's like, there's 10,000 Urukai coming. He's like, 10,000? No, that's, is it is it April first? Like, what right. are you talking about? No, they, he's like, no, we we, need, we really need to prepare. Who do we have to fight? And they're all like, old men and young kids. <laughs> okay, yes, great. <clears throat> so and they're like, what about the women? And they're like, we're not nice. We're not as good as no. you thought we were. Eowyn really wants to fight, yeah. but they're not going to let her fight. Um, but bef- before they left Rohan, Gandalf was like, I'm going to find Eomir. I'm going to look for me. First light on the fifth day or whatever they're- at dawn. Look to the east. Yeah. So they're like, all right, we're expecting Gandalf, but we need to hold out against 10,000 orcs. Yeah. Urukai. In the meantime. Frodo and Sam get captured by um, <clears throat> a ranger of Gondor, Faramir, who turns out 
is Boromir's brother. It's so neat how they rhyme like that. It's like they just knew. They like yeah. gotta have rhyming names. Yep. He goes, he captures Frodo and Sam and Gollum. <laughs> what? You know how Tolkien picks the names for his characters? How? Rhyme and steal it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the names that aren't rhymes, he just stole from mythology. <laughs> Mostly from Norse mythology. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Faramir got Frodo and Sam. He captures Frodo and Sam. He's like, I know you have the ring. I'm taking you to Gondor. We're going to use it against Sauron and all the orcs. On their way, they stop by the city called Osgiliath because they need help. It's like kind of the outskirts. It's the first line of defense against Mordor by Gondor. Yeah. <clears throat> they get there. Orcs are all over the place. Um, Ringwraiths show up because they're drawn to the ring. You can tell that Faramir's kind of been struggling this whole time of like, I need to do what's right for my country. You, we see a flashback of him and Boromir. They were really close. Their dad is a total dickhead. Who loves Boromir and thinks Faramir's useless. So Faramir's like, I have to prove my worth to my dad. Um, But after he sees the ring wraith, after he sees how Frodo almost gives the ring away, they tell him that you want, you know, you know how Boromir died? He tried to take the ring. That's how he died. Faramir's like, hashtag triggered. Faramir's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to let him go. He lets Frodo, Sam, and Gollum go. He harasses Gollum before they leave. He's like, I know where you're taking them. If anything happens to them, I hope death finds you quickly. Gollum's like, (laughs) what are you talking about? They go off. You see the Gollum and Smeagol dynamic back. Gollum had disappeared for a while because of how nice Frodo was being, but after he got captured by Faramir, Gollum came back, and then Gollum's like, we're going to take him to her. She can kill him for us, and then we'll take the ring. And you're like, who is this person? That's where where Frodo and Sam's story ends. At Helm's Deep, the Urukai attack. It's going fair, okayly. It's going fairly well. They have ladders, but the to get up the huge wall that runs. Um, but they're keeping them off the wall for the most part until turns out Saruman is sneaky. He puts all these bombs in this drain. How can fire undo stone? And it does. Yeah. They light it. Boom! The wall explodes. People are dying left and right. Haldir and the elves show up to help, but they Haldir dies as well. At the Ooh, end, it's like right in the back of it's the like barely. It's very gory. There's barely anyone left. They're in like the last little hidey hole before they get to the caves, which is where all the women and children are. And everyone's like, "Let's ride out and meet him." He sees that the light, the days like dawn is rising. He's like, "Gandalf's gonna show up. Let's go out. Let's just go out in a blaze of glory because yeah. we're gonna die here anyway." Yeah. They go out. Gandalf shows up with Eomir and all the, like, like the 3,000 or hear him. And as we all know, cavalry always beats infantry in these kinds of like, RTS games. They kill all the orcs. The ones they don't kill run into a forest. Inexplicable forest. Inexplicable forest that kills the orcs. Merry and Pippin, after they had been dropped off by Gandalf, or shown to Gandalf by Treebeard, go with Treebeard. They go with the, with the Ents, and the Ents are like, we're not going to fight. You know, we've been here a long time. These wars always just come and go. It's not our fight. Pippin's like, well, let's go this way because we can sneak around Saruman. He's like, okay. They go and they find out Saruman's cut down all the forests for his orc army. The Ents attack Saruman's stronghold. They flood it. They break the dam and release the river. And then now Saruman's crippled. He's just holed up in his tower pretty much. That's where everyone ends on this one. All right. That's uh, that's Fellowship. I mean, Two Towers, and that's uh, Empire Strikes Back. So Fellowship. Yeah. All right. Let's just do the whole series. This is actually part one of three. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, All right. You have some fun facts for us? I do have some fun facts. So for Empire Strikes Back, I, of course, this, this one made total sense, and I didn't think about how they had done this before. Yeah. But the shots where Luke uses the Force to retrieve his lightsaber are just played in reverse. He throws the lightsaber. Oh. And that's how they got it. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, like, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> I just never thought about that. Yeah. That's what you get when you get ILM doing your special effects. They're like, here's some obvious shit you should have known. Yep. You're like, oh. Look how, it'll look yeah. super realistic. That's super realistic. <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill had to bang his head 16 times on the ceiling of Yoda's hut before <laughs> Irving Kirshner was satisfied with it oh no just the one like 
when he hits it because yeah. Yoda's a very short man. <laughs> oh, we're um, wasting our time and he hits his head. Carrie Fisher stood on a box for many of her scenes with Harrison Ford. I did not know. He's a foot taller than she is. She is five foot one. And he's six one. And he's six I one. did not know that either. I knew that I mean I knew that he was taller, but I mean I guess it makes sense in like Just to keep them both in frame. Well, like, yeah, when you see him in in uh, A New Hope when it's like Leia and like when they're walking on the Death Star mm-hmm. and it's Leia and Han and Luke and Chewie and Chewie's taller than all of them um, but she's of still much shorter than Han. That makes sense. We talked about what those are called, right? Scully boxes. Oh. Because, of, uh, because Scully of... is like a full foot shorter than Mulder. Then, yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> the sound of Darth Vader's shuttle door opening is reportedly... I don't know if this is a fun fact or not. A recording of a whole block of Alcatraz cell doors slamming shut. Oh. That's neat. really cool if that's true. That's it, super cool. It says reportedly, so yeah. I don't know. And I mean, it wouldn't be that hard for them to get that. Skywalker Sound is in the same city. Yeah. Or the same metropolitan area, I guess. And there aren't any prisoners in Alcatraz anymore. No. If you open those up, maybe ghosts. Ghosts can get out anyways, <laughs> unless there's exactly. ghost bars. And if you've got ghost bars, they're not going to make a noise sound. when they shut. Exactly. This is obvious. I don't know why we're telling you all this. You all know it. You're smart people. The scenes where R2-D2 is submerged in the mud pool were shot in George Lucas's unfinished swimming pool. <laughs> Most of the crew were hidden underwater and the entire sequence was shot by George himself. Oh, that's neat. That's, that's a fun fact. Yeah, that's a really fun fact. I like that. This I like this one a lot. This is the last one for Empire Strikes Back. During principal photography, it remained unclear if Sir Alec Guinness would return to reprise his role as Obi-Wan. Yeah. He did finally agree to work for just one day on the movie, Wednesday, September 5th, 1979. He arrived at 8.30 a.m. and finished his scenes by 1 p.m., for which he was paid a quarter of a percent of the movie's gross, which was millions of dollars. Yeah. Oh, he did that every time. He would always get a percentage because he's not an idiot. He hated working on these movies. He hated working on these movies. And especially and the first one, stupid. he knew. But he knew. He knew what he was getting into, so he took a percentage. And so he's, he's talked about before. He's like, I, I mean, I'm not going to like say I shouldn't have done it because like, I can show you the houses I've built. Um, for Michael four and Kane, a half hours of work for the second movie. Yeah. Michael Caine had a similar thing. There was some shitty action movie Michael Caine was in. They're like, have you seen that movie? And he's like, no, but I saw the house it built. <laughs> I mean... So... Yeah, I mean, Alec Guinness, you know the story about Alec Guinness and the kid, the fan that came up to him and was like, Alec Guinness, I love you so much. Star Wars is my favorite movie. I watch it every day. I've watched it every day of my life for like five years. Oh, and Alec Guinness is like, he's like, can I have an autograph? And Alec Guinness is like, I will give you an autograph if you never watch Star Wars again. <laughs> I don't, I think that kid probably watched Star Wars again. But he may have waited a little bit until he did. Maybe watch he waited until Alec Guinness passed through away. Threw Lawrence of Arabia in for a little bit because the only thing worth, better than the Star Wars movie that Alec Guinness hated was, of course, Star, or a, a movie where Alec Guinness was in brown face. Like, that's fine. Only Ali G. Anyways, what are our two towers fun facts? <clears throat> our first one is that they couldn't recruit enough men in the six-foot height area to play the Urukai. So they had some men from the, from the five-foot area that were cast. They were affectionately named the Uruk Low. <laughs> I remember when... That, I guess that happened for... Uh, a little bit for Hobbit because I thought... like I, I pretty legitimately thought about what it would take to get a passport because they, they were like outside of New Zealand too. Feel free to show yeah. up. And so I, I looked solidly. I would love to be an Orc. But <laughs> five, ten, and three quarters means I could be an Urukai. Except for in that one, I guess. Here's the, the the well-known fun fact often memed on the Lord of the Rings meme spill it, subreddit. Spill it. Is that Viggo Mortensen broke two toes when he kicks the Urukai helmet. Once <laughs> they find the pile of dead bodies that are burning, he kicks it, and the story in the behind the scenes is that he kicked it like a dozen times. Yeah. Each time he was getting closer to the camera, yeah. Peter Jackson was like, all right, this, last, this one's going to be it. It's going to go right over the camera. And then he screams and he falls to his knees, and Peter Jackson's like, wow, that's fucking good acting. Damn. <laughs> and that's the shot they used, and that's when he broke his toes. It's like ah, the one about the dagger and fellowship, which we won't say here because if we have to watch fellowship, that's going to be a fun that. fact. Yeah, um, this one I didn't know. As the orcs have black blood, it was only natural that the inside of their mouths would not be pink but black. Yeah. So all of the orcai actors had to swish, like base this licorice-based mouthwash in order to blacken the inside of their mouths. I didn't know that, but that makes sense. I mean, I recognized that their mouths were all dark inside because they, yeah. they look really nasty. It's so wonderful. Yeah. It, it's gross. It's love gross it. Looking. I love it. 
Um, on the wall of Helmseep during the battle, a one-eyed warrior turns to the camera, and he's also the one that lets loose the yeah. first arrow. Fire! Um, the performer was originally going to show up as an extra wearing an eye patch. Peter Jackson asked him, "Would you? Can I see what's underneath it?" Like yeah. respectfully, and he was like, "You know, is what it looks like." He's like, "Can you do that just without the eye patch? It's going to be yeah. so cool." Like I was initially very, very reluctant, but then he said afterwards he made him feel better about yeah about because he looks eye. like a badass. Yeah. Oh, he does. He looks like that in a in a in a real world setting. I could see where someone might might be scared or yeah. would pity that. But in a fantasy setting, you want to know why that guy lost an eye. Yeah. Because even if it's you a see the other guy. version, like a mule kicked him in his face, that's intense. <laughs> but so also, cool. it could be that an orc shot him in the eye and he lived. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, the for the chanting of the ten thousand urukai. Yeah. They actually filmed it and with like in a stadium with twenty five thousand cricket fans in New Zealand. And they that had the they had the orcish words up on like the little, the screens, and basically just filmed everyone stomping and then also saying, the chant. I like that a lot. And a last fun fact: when Golem eats a raw fish, it is actually Andy Circus eating a fish-shaped lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> not fish, not fish flavored. No, shaped. Could be flavored. <laughs> Those are some fun facts. All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about some uh, similarities and differences. differences. Uh, I think a similarity that is important to say here at the start that you guys may not know: Two Towers is the second movie in mm-hmm. the trilogy, mm-hmm. and uh, Empire Strikes Back is the second is movie. the fifth movie in the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> They're both the fifth movie. We talked about that too. Oh yeah, you're right. Anyways, that's my those are, that's it for similarities and differences. Do you, Do you have any? any questions? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have bigger enemies. You have to ramp up the scale from the first movie. Yeah. Urukai are a lot more menacing. They're a lot stronger and faster than regular orcs and goblins, which are yeah. Depending on who you ask, also just orcs that live in mountains. Yeah. And in this one, the Star Destroyer is bigger. Star Destroyer is bigger, but it's still smaller than the Death Star. It's true, but the Star Destroyer is bigger. <laughs> you do have more, like, like there is, it is still a ramped up because Darth Vader is theoretically a lot more of a badass in this one. Mm-hmm. And you get all of the bounty hunters. So. And it's not just the enemies that are bigger. The stakes are increased. Yes. In the first Lord of the Rings, obviously their plan is still to destroy the ring. Right. But you end up with the fellowship that gets fractured. Right. The old fuck that was on his way out is the only guy that died. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I guess Boromir, too. Yeah, well. Well, <laughs> in, in A New Hope, the old fuck who was on his way out was the only one that died, except for uh, Biggs Darklighter, uh, Luke's oh, friend, yeah. like Boromir. And Biggs left Luke on. And so that's another similarity. They're both humans. Betrayed him. They're both humans. But in both these, you're coming down from kind of a major victory. Yeah. Obviously... They defeat the Balrog, and then they defeat... Aragorn defeats Lurtz at the end. Right. Which is a victory, but also everyone's kind of hiding afterwards. Right. And this, it's the same thing in Empire. They just yeah. destroyed the Death Star, but that doesn't mean you won. No. It's still the whole Empire. Right. Well, but you're right, though, that it is It is like a, a foothold up the mountain. And both yeah. Two Towers... I guess well, this might be a bit of a difference. That Two Towers, for, at least for the Aragorn-Gimli-Legolas crew, is a win. And yeah. Pippin, Pippin and Mary, too. That's a win at the end of Two Towers. And in Empire, the win is that they're mostly alive. <laughs> Sans hand. Sans hand and Han is Han is, who knows. But they they didn't get any other measurable mm-hmm. victory. That's the line from Clerks 1, that Empire is more realistic because that's all it is, a series of down notes. Yeah. Uh, both movies have three very distinct acts. Yes. Empire has Hoth, Outer Space, Cloud City. And Two Towers has what I wrote it down. Uh, maybe I didn't write it down. Two Towers has. Uh, I mean, it's the three stories, right? It well, even besides that, that that the stories are three timepieces as well, because you have mm. at least with Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, you have them getting to Rohan, you have Rohan, and then you have Helm's Deep, mm-hmm. and that's three pretty similar chunks of the movie. The Helm's yep. Deep one is very long, but it's 
just one thing that's long at the end as opposed to like a bunch of other things and one of them yep. is long. So three distinct acts. A difference being that Lord of the Rings has three storylines. Frodo and Sam, Pippin and Merry, Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas. Whereas Star Wars has two. Mm-hmm. Luke and uh, Han and Leia. I, I have that as a thing that our main party from the first movie has now split up. Yeah. Oh, that is a similarity. Yeah. And they continue... Well, I guess they reunite in Star Wars 6 and then split up again. Mm-hmm. But they maintain being... At the end of up. 6. Yeah, they're split up again. They're, to- they're together. And then, yeah. And then in and then the end of Return, Return of the King. some come together and then split up again. And then they all come together at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you never split the party. Never split the party. That's when people die. You don't want that. Uh, a difference, another difference is that... Um, we talked about this a little bit. You can, I think, feasibly watch Empire Strikes Back having seen no other Star Wars movie mm-hmm. and still get it, which is the goal. Like That's why yeah. uh, George Lucas started with four. A, it was the better story of them, but B, he structured them such that you could start in the middle with the better yeah. story and still have a great story. Um, two Towers, you cannot do that. You need to have, at the very least, read a thorough summary a fellowship to be able to watch two towers but i think also i mean it star wars is 11 s- distinct discrete movies mm-hmm. and lord of the rings is one 11 way. hour and 45 minute long miniseries yeah. it's it was a point of contention here's another fun fact in with peter jackson and new line cinemas for two towers that they did not have a synopsis thing at the beginning of the movie yeah like it they put it halfway into the movie when Galadriel is kind of talking to Elrond mm-hmm. telepathically, and she's like, you know, are we going to let men die? Are we going to help them? And then they end up sending Haldir. Haldir, which I think is a is a good change from the book. Yeah, I also think that Faramir's changes are a good change, but we'll get yeah. to that more in questions, I guess. I like I liked I thought that was a, that was a difference that I I didn't recognize until we watched Two Towers again, so. And that, yeah, that they've got that scene at the beginning of Two Towers that is... It's, then that's... Kind of gives you information about what happened, but also it's but new so stuff. But so little info, too. Right. Gandalf said, okay, yeah. well... But in a... Uh, Who was Gandalf? No one knows no one why knows, he's important. Right. <laughs> in Empire, though, the, the quote-unquote recap is, is the what call. happened between A New Hope yeah. and Empire. It's not what happened at the end of A New Hope. So that was interesting, and that's that's another thing that that Star Wars does that Lord of the Rings doesn't is that Star Wars reintroduces you to each one of the characters. Like at the beginning, mm-hmm. like one of the first couple of lines that when you see a new character is them saying that character's name. Mm-hmm. Luke could have just said, "Hey man, what's up?" But he says, "Han, old buddy, can you read me?" And loud and clear, kid. Uh, and then you know they all yeah you all get their names early on so you can get a reintroduction of these characters which also makes sense because another difference is that uh empire strikes back came out in 82 83 and a new hope came out in 77 so that's it's a yeah that's four or five years between them and lord of the rings movies came out one a year or one every two years one year one a year so it was not a lot of time. One hundred two, hundred three. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but and but and they filmed them all together, so that's right. why they were able to just edit them into these movies. Yeah. so easily. They filmed New Hope, and then they filmed Empire, and then they filmed Return. Yeah. You have any other uh, similarities and differences? Um, I have that. Kind of similar. The the bad guys are upgraded. I mean, it's the same way, like with the kind of the superstar destroyer. Like the yeah. Rewrites are back, and now they have drag. Right. This is another point in the, the bad guys get upgraded between the movies and a Right. Like, Darth Vader doesn't do much in A New Hope. And then, he, like you said, he's a badass in Empire. He does yeah. a lot of fighting. But um, yeah, you're right that we've got the, the ring wraiths who were this sort of like mysterious, spooky ghost thing in the first movie are like full on aggressive dragon riders in this. That's a, that's, a, that's a bit of a jump up. Yes. So. Another similarity is that. Both of these versions that we watched were edited. They were changed from their original theatrical showing. Yes. 
And it's important, I think, that we did both of them like that. Yeah. Versus one special right. edition and one theatrical like edition. Theatrical. Yeah. yeah, I think that, I mean, I, I see the merit of both the theatrical and special editions of the Star mm-hmm. Wars movies. I like the special editions and I like the theatrical editions. Lord of the Rings, there's no reason, unless you've got some sort of weird time constraint, <laughs> there really is no reason to watch the theatrical editions of the Lord of the Rings. If you don't have four hours to sit down and watch one of them, they're on two discs. Split them up. Watch one disc and then the That's other one That's perfectly tomorrow. fine. Yeah. Hour and 45 minutes, hour and 30. Hour and 45 minutes, hour and 30. Like, that's so easy. Do them one a day. One a week, and you're fine. Always watch special edition Lord of the Rings. I know for a fact that a person who listens to this podcast watched the theatrical edition, and we're not going to judge you in public. But we will judge you in private. Yes. And by in private, <laughs> we mean on this podcast. <laughs> We're not judging you. Thank you for watching the movies and listening to our podcast. Uh, another similarity is that we both absolutely love both of these yep. series, but the difference is... Is, is that, that one of us loves one each more one more? Than the other. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> but no, we both really love both of these movies. Yeah. Uh, a fun antonym to that, I guess, is that while we were watching The Two Towers... You tried a new cider, which is a very me thing to do, and I tried a new red wine, which is a very you thing to do. You're right. As Tyler is predominantly the wine drinker, and I drink a lot of ciders. I mean, we both drink a lot of both, but... And you try the new ciders. I get, I buy dark side every time I get right. cider, because well, that's the one that I really like. I mean, like. dark side's amazing, but I'm glad that you, uh, you had the mango habanero. Yeah, and it was yeah, good. I like it. It's a good one. It's a yummy I, one. It... Had the flavor of habanero without the spice. It yeah. wasn't. I was almost like because uh, I don't like a spicy drink. Right. I didn't. I, Except I, for a Bloody Mary, I like, right? Which, but I don't like them that spicy. No, and I've had like I've had like a jalapeno margarita, and they're they're fine. They're good when the moment calls for it. But I can't think of an instance where I wouldn't sit down to a mango habanero cider, except when I only have three, and I know they have to last me a week. Do you have any other similarities and differences? Because I think I may be almost that's, out of similarities and differences. That's pretty much it for me. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move into questions. Uh, here's a question for you. One that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought it up while I was watching it with uh, Two Films, Three Curious alum, Devin. And you should have seen the look on her face when I gave her my answer. Just disgust. I thought that she was going to break up with me. Recast one Lord of the Rings character. Lord of the Rings, as we know, is a perfectly cast movie. But if you could recast one character as somebody else, who would it be? I almost want to say, like, the meme answers of these people almost became. Like, <laughs> Sean Connery was almost Gandalf. That was And Nick Cage horrible. was almost Aragorn. That would be horrible. <laughs> that would be a bad thing to do. I have a good I, answer. Although, I think, like I said, Devin looked at me and thought that I had just, I don't know, insulted somebody. If if there are characters I could re- I don't know who I would cast in their place. Yeah. If there are character characters I would recast, it would be maybe Merry or Pippin. Yeah. Or maybe Gimli. Although I just of course we already they're perfectly cast. Right. But I just came up with a second one, but it wouldn't have been you couldn't have done it because he's dead. But I think that um uh, Treebeard would have been good if they had cast Brother Theodore, mm-hmm. who plays uh, Thorin in the animated Hobbit. Oh. I think yeah, that would have done well. He is John Reese Davies still. Right. That would um, be an easy one to recast. Another one, though, I think that Denethor, it would have been John Hurt, would have been a good choice. Oh, yeah. John Hurt was already, though, also Aragorn in the Bakshi Lord of the Rings. But he. he... He had the Gondor air about him. Right. Well, I mean, so yeah. When air. We, we were talking about it. Like the air. Yeah. The throne. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about, Devin and I were talking about this after having just recently watched V for Vendetta again. And they're very similar roles. They're not the same, but they're very similar. And I think that John Hurt, if you had to recast, if for some reason whoever the fuck that plays Denethor wasn't available, John Hurt would have been... A reasonable choice. I'm ashamed I can't think of his name right now. 
I know very few of their names. I only know them because of the special features, and it shows their names okay. in the appendices when it, <laughs> as I'm talking. I always have to remember to look up which one Billy Boyd is. And Pippin. Okay. And I know Brad Dorif because I like Brad Dorif and other things. He plays Wormtongue. And... See, I only know him as Wormtongue. Ah, he's uh, Peter DeVries with the eyebrows in uh, Dune. And he's the sheriff in the remake of Halloween. Speaking of Dune... I'm just so excited. I mean, we already know it's the number Let's one. Let's talk about Dune. Two film security. <laughs> Very movie. excited for this movie. Uh, the trailer will apparently come out uh, during the uh, re-release of Inception. Oh, right. Wherever that ends up happening. And I swear to God, if it happens and it's only at drive-in theaters, there's a drive-in theater in Waxahachie and you and I are going. <laughs> I don't even care. I will ask off work that day. We're going to go. We're going to fall asleep in Inception, if only just to watch the trailer for the new Dune. I am so excited to see that movie. Me too. Yeah. You know what I'm not excited to see? The other movie I was super excited to see, and then it came out, is Artemis Fowl. Oh, no. In fact, I was thinking we should do an episode where it's Disney Plus ruins books that I read when I was a kid, and we can watch Star Girl and Artemis Fowl. Star Girl has a much higher rating, but Artemis Fowl is at a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, oh. which I feel is worse than a zero. Yeah, because that that means that you've nine percent of critics were like, it was very noisy and kids will love it. And you're like, oh fuck no, that's not a good review. The visuals are appealing. <laughs> Is that it? He's a dwarf. He's a dwarf. He's not supposed to be taller than the kid. Uh, Anyways, we don't have to talk about that anymore. Do you have any questions? I have only one question. How dare you? No, I'm just kidding. That's not your question. (laughs) And it's related kind of only to one of the movies. Oh, well, that one was only related to Lord of the Rings. Mine's also only related to Lord of the Rings. Okay, I've got a Star Wars one at the end, so... What of the changes from the book yeah are you most do you think was an improvement oh I was going to say what, no, what no, changed no no no, 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 like, no, no, no. I'm not going to talk about Tom Bombadil Tom Bombadil should have been in those goddamn books it was not books. an improvement to re- remove him I think that it was an improvement to add Tom Bombadil's lines <laughs> because if, if they take oh, out Tom yeah. Bombadil they doesn't have any of his good lines but they gave him all the tree beard which is fine no uh, I think that I, I, I know this is one that you talked about already but I really like the character of Faramir having an arc Having a that conflict. You can see, yeah, you see him in the book. This isn't the way that it happens, but you see him see the ring and be even just fleetingly tempted by it, and then realizing, no, this is bad. I should not do this. And it shows. It shows that his quality is the highest. And although Boromir and redeems I get it, himself at the end, I get it. it's, a, it's a contrast to Boromir. It yeah. makes it makes Faramir nobler than his brother and his father. Boromir likes Faramir, but Denethor does not like Faramir. And I wonder if... This is a thing that I literally just thought of. I wonder if it's because Denethor sees that Faramir is better than, than him and potentially yeah. Boromir he, and hates Faramir for him. More than, than Denethor or Boromir runs true the blood of Numenor. Yep. I mean, obviously it runs strongest in Aragorn, who is... Right, well... Who is Numerian. Right. But, like, it, it's even... It says in the books, too, that he's like... That's it. Wrong. It runs true in him. Yeah, it's strong. The seed is strong. The seed is strong. Oh what no! A, Talk about other things that were ruined. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I've been watching uh, actually a, a decent amount of RuPaul's Drag Race, and they made a they made a Game of Thrones joke because uh, uh, Lena Haiti was on as a guest judge, and Game of Thrones jokes just feel so dated now because you hear it and you're like, don't talk so favorably about this show. You don't know how bad it's going to get. Oh. What uh, what what other things do you like? What other changes do you like? I'm Fair not as familiar with the book, so I, it's harder for me to, to pick out the things. Faramir is probably changes. my number one, for sure. Because we actually, I like yeah. him having an arc, having a conflict versus he sees her and he's like, "Nah, I wouldn't take this thing if it were on the road, and I yeah. could save Gondor." And you know, like, I had to use Faramir is Tom Bombadil. Um. I like, you know, in the books, the Frodo and Sam getting to Shelob's there and fighting Shelob is in two towers. Mm-hmm. And I do like that they took it more chronologically for yeah. the movies. 
because when they get to Minas Morgul is when Gandalf is in Minas Tirith with Pippin and they both see the big like flare that signals the start yeah. of the war in a way against Gondor. Um, that's a really good change. I also like... I feel like I mentioned change earlier. Yeah, he said another one. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember either. Oh, well. That was also a good change. Yeah. It's, it's, Go back, rewind, I think it's, and it's a good change. With any kind of these... I guess this is more apropos for when we were doing the whole series on adaptation, especially. Yeah. That I like when there are changes because obviously everyone that reads something has... Everyone that reads something has a different interpretation of how the characters look, how the characters sound, everything like that. But um, having an adaptation doesn't take that away from you. No. You can always, like... With Artemis Fowl, oh, they ruined when they made a yeah. movie. The books, the are, books still are still exist, good. and you, you can still read them, read them, and they will still be great. Yeah, yeah. You can't let. And I know it's a hard. It's personally, it's very easy for me to be like, "This is the movie. This right. is the book. It's, They're different. It's pretty easy they complement each other." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think that yeah, I think that's an important thing to remember about adaptation for sure. That yeah. Um, do you have anything to say about the uh, about the fact that these are sequels? We really kind of just talked about that already. Um, do you do you lo- what? This is one of my questions, but I guess it is now. Um, of the just of the trilogies, what's your favorite movie from just these trilogies? Four, five, or six of Star Wars. You know, my Lord of the Rings answer has changed thing. since we last spoke. Oh, oh, I would. My original answer would have been Return of the Jedi, which it still is. Yeah. And Return of the King, which my answer... The more I think about it and the more I watch it, I like Fellowship as the most, I think. Interesting. Normally, as you know, and our listeners may not, generally speaking, the phrase I say is, I like the, I like the movie where they introduce you to the mm-hmm. world better than I like a story told in that world. And in Two Towers, it's different. Right. Because it's the introduction to a different... Right, People. right. I like Fellowship a lot, to be sure. I like all of them a lot. But I like Two Towers because it's the introduction to the world that I like the best through appearing. Mm-hmm. And so in Star Wars, I prefer Star Wars 4. Although I really like all of them. Same. I mean... I don't... I, I like all of it's them. It's like picking favorite children right now. Right. No, it would be so much easier for me to pick a child. <laughs> they have distinct personalities. The Star Wars movies are golden. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars movie as a whole? Not just... Like through all Star Wars? Yeah. It's, all still, it's still Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Including The Hobbits. Is it still Fellowship? Yes. Even if you include the animated stuff? Do you like the animated Hobbit better than the live-action Fellowship? No. That's a hard answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we should do for an episode... We should do another adaptation episode where we watch the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings and then Peter Jackson's Fellowship and Two Towers and that's it. <laughs> I mean, we already did Two Towers though. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. I guess we won't, we won't do it. Which reminds me, I need to talk to you about our Christmas episode this year, which I really, I'm still lobbying for the idea that I had. It, what is it? My, okay, so my idea <laughs> is this. We talked, a whole first season was about remakes. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about a remake for Christmas. We just did Dawn of the Dead and Miracle on 34th Street. Both good movies. Both amazing movies. Both have well-known remakes. Oh. Miracle on 34th Street has a remake uh, with uh, the girl from Matilda, Mara Wilson. And Dawn of the Dead has a remake done by Zack Snyder. Oh. I've heard the Dawn of the Dead remake is very good, and people seem to really like the Miracle on 34th Street remake. But I know that you're not going to be not a fan, a fan of it. <laughs> so, my, my idea for Christmas is that we do them again, and instead of we talk about capitalism, we talk about remakes. Because I realized I said that we talked about remakes for the whole first season, which we did not. We talked about adaptations. And, in fact, we really haven't, haven't Is a remake not remakes. an adaptation in a way? It is in a way. And so, it can be the adaptation... Being a remake. That's my idea. I'm on board. Great. I am also on board. You were not on board when we talked on Facebook Messenger. 
But I have you now in front of everybody. <laughs> so I can... You've pumped me full of alcohol, <laughs> and now I've agreed to it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. Although we're at my house, so I pumped myself full of alcohol. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're the one. You're the one drinking this. I tell them what the other wine we had was. It was a Sauvignon Blanc. Ooh, a Sauve Blanc. A Sauve Blanc, but except it was aged in tequila barrels. Very fancy. Very fancy. I was so, a fan of it. I uh, I was also a fan. I uh, I quite liked it. Anyways, uh, we talked about favorite Star. We talked about favorite Lord of the Rings. Is there another trilogy that you like as much, or Ooh. or that I know that we talked about that these are, it's probably the best for us to do these two movies. Um, but we also talked about other trilogies that we might look into. Was there another trilogy that you almost chose? I know that I was looking at Back to the Future instead of Star Wars before I realized fuck we should just do Star Wars. Because that one, wow. similar to Star Wars, the first one sets up for the second, but then the second and the third are, like, one and two are very intertwined, and then three is also there. There are a lot of sequels I like, but trilogies... Trilogies is hard. I don't hard. know, yeah. Uh, Toy Story doesn't count as a trilogy anymore, so you no. can't do that. Thor The Dark World would have worked, I guess, mm, and so would have Winter MCU Soldier, feels except less, it feels... Yeah, because yeah. it's less a trilogy and more a 22-er-G. Yeah, I mean, I guess if, if we're going to count it like that, the three Captain Americas I really like. Right. All three of them, so. The three Irons, man. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about Iron Man 2 pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. There's our plug for our next... Next episode is the... Special feature talking about Iron Man 2. In the What Do You Do MCU. We I may, really we may even that. have a special guest. We might. Who we knows? Might. Who knows? John Favreau himself. Yes. He no, called me up and he was like, "He's not going to be." Hey, my name is John Favreau, <laughs> and I'm a big fan of What Do You Do, MC. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not how John Favreau sounds. No, I can't do it, and he's not going to. He's not going to be the guest. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think unless, unless I mean, we have we have a Patreon. You guys mm-hmm. can donate to that if you mm-hmm. want. Um, there are also obviously a ton of other places you can donate that might need our money more might need your money more uh, but we do have a Patreon at Two Films Too Curious on Patreon and look us up on like Facebook email us at twofilmstoocurious at gmail.com I've been checking that relatively regularly and uh, once a week whatever yeah. but anyways contact us at these places and uh, uh, stay curious and, uh, and we love you we love you <laughs>